And Trevethan, you're fellow of St. Cross College, Oxford, Professor of Scientific Computing, and Pro Vice-Chancellor of the University um, for People and Gardens, Libraries and Museums, abbreviated to GLAM. So, Anne, when did you come to Oxford and to St. Cross College? So I came to Oxford in 2005 and I came to set up an interdisciplinary research centre uh, called the Oxford E Research Centre. At that time I was also the director of a national research programme uh, which was run by the Research Councils and Department of Trade and Industry. So I came from a, uh, not from an academic job at that time. Setting up a centre here in Oxford is a really interesting uh, thing to do in terms of figuring out how to get things done and how to make the contacts across university. And I led that centre for uh, close to seven years, six and a half to seven years. And it brought together colleagues who were interested in working across areas. So it brought together philosophers, chemists, mathematicians, physicists, and we were looking at those problems which you might learn from an engineering algorithm, how to do something. And it was a great uh, experience to be able to do that and to work with colleagues from across the university in all four divisions and also in IT services and the libraries who were all interested in what, what we were trying to achieve. My own background is as an applied mathematician. Um, I've worked in high performance computing, focusing on algorithms, focusing on the application of those to scientific computing largely and finding algorithms that uh, work well on highly parallel machines. So that's where I come from. But that means that I've also got a lot of background, uh, a lot of experience in working in other disciplines so that beyond the sciences. Uh, it's amazing how much is done in the humanities now using high performance computing, for example. Okay. Have you, has that been fun doing the interdisciplinary side? Oh, it's fantastic, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I have really enjoyed and continue to enjoy is really working with colleagues from other disciplines, learning about their discipline, helping them to apply new technologies to their research to enable them to do things faster, better, or indeed completely differently from how they were doing before. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And then to bring together those interdisciplinary teams where they are bringing to the problem their experience and then amazing things happen. So it's uh, been a joy. Why, why, why is St Cross College important to you? Well, when I first came to the university, actually I was a fellow at Keeble College. The position I had was attached to Keeble College. And um, I enjoyed my time at Keeble College, but the, the centre that I set up has never had anything to do with undergraduates. And of course, undergraduate education was, a big, it was an important factor for Keeble College. And I realised that I was much more interested in graduate students. That's where my interest lie. And I was also, uh, I'd come to St Cross with colleagues at lunch and I really liked the environment here. I liked the way that we all together, students, faculty alike. And so I applied to become a fellow here and I think colleagues were a little bit suspicious of me at first. Why, why would you want to leave Keeble to come here? But it's very much more, I feel very much more rooted here. It's very much more mirrors my own, the way I like to like to work. So I've I've enjoyed it here a great deal. You've had a, a number of roles at Oxford, you're Pro Vice-Chancellor. Can you speak to some of your experience within the, within the wider university? 
Yeah, so having set up the research centre, and that was based in the Maths and Physical Life Sciences division, so that's really where I feel my academic roots are. I moved into the centre of the university as the first university CIO, that's the Chief Information Officer, and that title is really um, about IT, it's really about information technology rather than information. And I did that to help the university take forward a um, quite a large organisational change around IT to create a new IT department in the centre and to put in place a university strategic plan for IT because we had multiple. So it was very difficult to be certain about what we were doing, how much it was costing, were we doing the right things, were we investing in the right places. Did we have the right skills? Was information security as it needed to be? And all of those things. I did that for, I was the CIO for uh, around six years. And it was fantastic, actually. We've got some fabulous colleagues in professional services across the university. We're really lucky that, as an institution, we attract incredibly skilled individuals to work here, not only as academics, but as the professional services supporting them. Taking forward this change and developing this new strategic look at IT was, for me, a fabulous experience. Uh, And again, the teams there were were great to work with. And it kind of built on the research that I'd done in IT, big programme delivery. I've worked in industry previously, developing, taking forward product development. And so some of the things that I'd learned there also came in to, to assist in this new role. And having done that for... I guess I've probably done that for about four years. I then became, at the same time, Pro-Vice-Chancellor for what was then called ASAC, which was Academic Services and University Collection. We rebranded to become GLAM, Gardens, Libraries and Museums. (laughs) (laughs) And just as I say that, I found when I said I was Pro-Vice-Chancellor of ASAC, there was generally no response. When I say I'm Pro-Vice-Chancellor of GLAM, nobody can help but smile. So it's... uh, a good rebrand, I think. And I've been working with the Gardens, Libraries and Museums and Collections now for, well, I've been the, the Provost Chancellor for five years. And again, I just feel very lucky to have been in a role where I'm working with such creative colleagues. Uh, you know, the university has world important collections. I feel very lucky to be able to walk through the Botanic Gardens and be doing my job, imagine. And there we've really brought together the collections and we're working across GLAM in a much closer way than we were doing previously. You know, the museums and libraries attract 3.3 million visitors a year. So these are national, nationally important uh, public spaces. So I think we tend to forget that as a university. I'd say that may well be internationally important spaces as well. Oh, absolutely. The collections are certainly internationally important, yeah. yeah. And we get a lot of international visitors and a lot of international researchers. The libraries are a really important resource for many researchers uh, across the globe. If I were to ask you, what do you think has been particularly important about the work that you've been doing, let's say within GLAM, for example? Well, the reason I took on the role was that I could see there was a large strategic potential for taking forward digital uh, within GLAM. Because our collections, you know, we have 22 million objects in collections through the libraries and the museums. Uh, making those accessible digitally, but also making the environments to allow you to be able to use those accessibly across the globe was really important to me. We have, over the last couple of years, put in all of the infrastructure to enable us to do that. So we're just now at the point of we've got a number of tools that have been developed, 
Digital Bodleian, for example, is a wonderful uh, example. And there are a number of educational tools that have been developed. So we're now focused on getting the collections digitised. We've got some very good examples where we have got collections digitised, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of work to be done still. So I see that as important. But I think for me, the most important thing has been in bringing the um, institutions together and being able to support each other across those institutions in a way that we weren't doing before. But they are the directors are all fantastic individuals who are creative and bringing in lots of interesting research. Can I ask you, what does it take to bring institutions together in this, this, this grand plan kind of way? Well, yeah, I'm not sure it's a grand plan kind of way, but um, I was lucky to come into the role of Pro-Vice-Chancellor at a time when there were new directors came into the institutions. So I think the Paul Smith, who's the director of the Natural History Museum, had, was, is the longest one there. He'd been there a couple of years when I came in, but the others were all relatively new. I think for, for them it was about looking at what can we be doing together that is going to bring value to what we do individually. And I think nothing that has happened is because I have determined it should, but it's about helping us all see where those opportunities are and then acting on it. So having a plan and bringing that plan So forward. the will has always been there when you came? There was I think, a, I think the will was there because it was new people, they hadn't, they were happy to look at what what were the possibilities at Oxford, what should we be doing? And so it was an easier time to, yeah. to have those conversations. Yeah, certainly a very exciting place. What specifically might be on the horizon for you? For me personally, so now I'm the Pro Vice Chancellor for People and Glam. Last year I took on the new role. And so that is taking forward the university's people's strategy, as it were, the priorities. I am thoroughly enjoying that. But one of the things that I've realised as I have been working in this, with this new remit is how much of our behaviours around people we are now embedding, and probably always have actually, I'm probably slow to realise it, embedding into technologies. One of the things that I've become very interested in is as you look at algorithms are playing a much bigger role in our lives in terms of advising us on things and making decisions in some cases around things we're seeing, self-driving cars and all kinds of ways in which algorithms are playing important roles. So one of the things that I've really become interested in is how can we learn from the ways in which we are now thinking about diversity in population and in how our behaviours, how can we learn from that in our development of algorithms or can we? Because What's happening at present is that algorithms are being developed and we are managing to embed bias into them. And so we, will, we have algorithms that are being used that uh, are not necessarily as broad as they need to be in the, uh, in the way that they're working. And that's all to do with the data that they're based on. Are we using the right data? So, and I come to this as a kind of a, from a mathematical point of view, what can we say about bias in data? and bias in society. So it's become something that I've been beginning to think of and I think that um, as I get my foot back into the research mm. area is one that I'll be hoping to pick up. So does that mean you're thinking about the kind of data that ought to be collected as opposed to the kind of data that we have available? It's um, 
To some extent, yes. I think there are, there are gaps in data that we need to be thinking about. But it's also uh, how do we help colleagues who are developing algorithms to see beyond their own experience, their own thinking, as it were? How do we make sure that as they are developing, in these cases, um, artificial intelligence algorithms or machine learning algorithms, how do we ensure that they're done in a robust way, that they are not biased by the data sets that they're learning from? And therefore, we're not asking questions of those algorithms that really they're not ready to to answer. Those are big philosophical questions. They are, and I'm not going to address those. I'm looking very much at a statistical (laughs) (laughs) point of view. But it's, I mean, it's the thing that the, the reason that I came to this was because of my new role. I've been reading a great deal around the research that's done on diversity, gender, race. And at the same time, because of my interest in algorithms, I've been reading a lot around the new machine learning algorithms, the bias in those, and I suddenly realised that these two tracks of reading that I was doing was the same issue, but one is being embedded in the technology and one is embedded in our society. And it's, I think, a really interesting, started me thinking about things in a bit of a different way. Andrew Patton, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Thank you very much for this conversation. You're very welcome.